So let's look at something in 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, verse 22. We're going to look at verse 22, and hopefully we can run through verse to verse 51. But if we can't, you just go ahead and finish reading that. Starting at 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, verse 22 through 51. I want to show you something. I want to give you uh, five points to, uh, to over, overcoming your giants. I want to give you five points to overcoming your giants. Also, I want to give you some five points of how to be defeated by your giants. Let me say that again. Five points to overcome your giants and five points to defeat your giant. So let's look at something in 1 Samuel, the 17th chapter, verse 22, and let's look and see what the Word of God says. We want to talk about somebody in the Bible by a young man by the name of David. David was a young man that was uh, uh, young in stature, young in heart, around 17 years of age. And um, when Saul, who was king over Israel, Saul did some things that God didn't like and God was not pleased with Saul. But God had another man in the back prepared to, to, to be promoted to the next position. But he was already taking care of sheeps. And so God was elevating him while he was taking care of sheep. And this particular scripture here is dealing with pretty much of his elevation. It's a process to elevation. There's a process to overcoming your giants. Sometimes we want things to happen overnight, but God is sometimes allow us to go through processes. And so David is going to show us how to overcome our giants. And we want to see something powerful. Watch this. In 1 Samuel 17, verse 22, what it says, Alicia? David left his things with the keeper of supplies, uh -huh. ran to the battle lines, and asked his brothers how they were. Yeah. As he was talking with them, yeah. Goliath, the Philistine champion from Gath, uh -huh. stepped out from his lines and shouted his usual defiance. Now, check this out. The Bible says David was taking care of his sheep, and his dad told him to go check on his brothers. He had older brothers who was in the battle to fight the Philistines. The Philistines didn't like Israel, and Israel didn't like the Philistines. So they was both on top of a mountain, and there was a valley. But if anybody went to the valley, there was the person that's on top of the mountain was at the vantage point to attack the ones that's in the valley. So neither one of them went to come from the mountaintop and go to the valley. So what the Philistines did was say, you know what, we're going to send our best fighter, and you send us your best fighter and meet in the valley. And whoever wins, the other uh, country will serve us. And so the Bible says the Philistines had a giant by the name of Goliath, almost 10 foot tall, nine foot nine. That man was a beast, a monster. If you ever seen a basketball rim, it's 10 foot tall. You have to look up to it. Watch this. David was around five foot 10, a little small boy, about 17 years old. All he knows is how to take care of sheep. And the Bible says his daddy sent him to go check on his brothers, carry him some food, and the Bible says, and when he got there, he left. Watch, read verse 22. I want to read that again. David left his things with the keeper of supplies. David had some men with him. And he left, get this, you better underline this. He left the stuff that he had with them to watch it until he go and see, check on his brothers. He left the stuff he had with his men that was working with him while he go and check on his brothers. What are you saying, Pastor? There's some things you're going to have to leave behind to move forward. You can't take everything with you. Read verse 22 again. David left his things with the keeper of supplies. He left his things, his supplies, with his keepers, the people that was with him, 
ran to the battle line. He ran to the fight. And asked his brothers how they were. Checking on his brothers, read. As he was talking with them. Yeah. Goliath. The Philistine champion from Gath uh-huh. stepped out from his lines yeah. and shouted his usual defiance. Look at this. While David is checking on his brothers doing a good deed, here come this 10-foot giant saying the same thing over and over. You ain't going to never win. You are nothing but losers. You ain't going to never defeat me. You are too short to defeat me. You're too broke to defeat me. You're too, whatever your color is, your race, you, you can't defeat me. I'm too big. I'm bigger than you. The enemy always try to tell you in your head how defeated you are. But I'm here to let you know something. We need to do what David getting ready to do. Read. Shouted his usual defiance. His usual defiance. So what you're saying, the enemy keep repeating to you, you ain't going to make it. The enemy keep repeating to you, it's all over. You ain't going to never get on top. You ain't going to never win. You ain't going to never get healed. You ain't going to never have no money. You ain't going to never get married. You ain't going to never have no children. The enemy always keep repeating what you're going through. Read. And David heard it. And what, watch, Oh, boy. Watch this. Don't let, the wrong, don't let the wrong child of God. I didn't say that. Don't let the wrong child of God hear what the devil's saying. Because the wrong child of God know how to fight. Whenever the Israelites saw the man. Whenever the Israelites saw, read. They all fled from him in great fear. Everybody was running from the giant. Everybody was running. Be careful when you run with the crowd. I get amen in a minute. Be careful when you running with the crowd because the crowd can get you in trouble. Every crowd running people ain't people that should be running with. I know it didn't make sense, but you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth. Don't run with everybody. Just because everybody protests don't mean you need to protest. That's all right. Read, Rita. Whenever the Israelites saw the man. Whenever the Israelites saw the giant. They all fled from him in great fear. Everybody took off running because they were afraid of the giant. Now the Israelites had been saying, Uh do you see how this man keeps coming out? Look at that. And that's the problem. You keep speaking about the fear. You keep speaking about what's wrong. You keep talking about how negative it is. You keep talking. You keep magnifying the problem. You make the giant bigger than what he is. Just because you broke don't mean you need to magnify it. Just because you got pain in your body don't mean you need to magnify it. Just because you're lonely don't mean you need to magnify it. Quit magnifying the pain. Read. He comes out to defy Israel. Yes. The king will give great wealth to the man who kills him. Whoever can kill this giant going to get a reward. He will all- <laughs> I like that right there. Whoever defeat their giant, you're going to get a reward. Read. He will also give him his daughter in marriage. Yes. And will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. So the, the Bible says that if you can defeat this giant, the king of the land, the king of the land, He's going to give you, Saul going to give you his daughter, and you ain't got to worry about paying taxes again. Read. David asked the men standing near him. David asked the men that were standing around. What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine? Ooh, look how powerful a man talk who know how to defeat giants. I want to know, before I defeat this rascal, what I'm going to get. Read. And removes this disgrace from Israel. Ooh, the, look at how David talking. Little 17-year-old boy say, how do we get rid of this giant? Tell me what, what, what I'm going to get if I get rid of this disgraceful giant. How do you look at your giants? Your giant should not be magnified where it's, it's pleasurable to you. You ought to tell your giant, you're disgraceful, you are no good, and you ain't going to prosper in my life. And I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Read. 
Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Look what the Bible said. David said, who is this uncircumcised, no good rascal that's coming up against the children of God? Read. That he should defy the armies of the living God. Yes. They repeated to him what they had been saying and told him. Uh-huh. This is what will be done for the man who kills him. Read. When Eliab, David's oldest brother. Oh, here come the problem right here. See, you don't always have problems with outsiders. Sometimes your giant problems is in your house. It's people in your house that don't agree with you. It's people in your house don't believe in being positive. Read what the Bible says. Heard him speaking with the men. David, oldest brother, heard him, heard his little brother talking to the men. He burned with anger at him. And the oldest brother was mad with David. And asked. What he said. Why have you come down here? He says to his little brother, why are you down here? So you got to understand something now. He's angry because he remembered when Samuel came and prayed over his little brother and the oil was poured on him. Because the oil, the, the way Samuel wanted to pour the oil on him, the oldest brother, because he's six foot four and got muscles. And the Bible say God told Samuel, not this. Just because you look good don't mean you good for me. Read, read them. And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Look at this boy talking to David. He said, you look on a little skinny rascal. Where you left them little sheep at? You trying to down your little brother. Why? Because your little brother curious. Why are y'all allowing this devil to talk to y'all any kind of way? Why are you allowing the devil to affect your house any kind of way? Why are you allowing the devil to say what he want to say about your house? Why are you allowing the devil to make you sick in your body? Why are you allowing the devil to make you broke in your pocketbook? When are you going to stand up and fight your giants? That's right. I get amen next week. When are you going to get tired of, of the giants bothering your house? When are you going to get tired of the giants bothering your flesh? When are you going to get tired of the giants bothering your church? You got to take a stand. And the Bible say, and Eliab, the oldest brother, got mad with little old David. Instead of him wanting to go out, you six foot four. Won't you go out there and fight the giant? He's 10 foot tall. You close to his height. But you running and scared. It's easy to fight another brother than to fight the devil. I got something for you. I, I, I was trying to hold it in, but I got to get it out. Why you got to go and march and protest? Why don't you fight in your house? Why don't you fight on your knees? Why don't you fight in your closet? Why don't you get your husband or your wife and you join hands together? With the Bible say where two or three gather together, he's in the midst. You ain't got to go downtown and march. You ain't going to never change the system, but you can change a person. Read, Rita. Why have you come somebody to mad? Somebody mad. That's all right. I'm, I'm glad you're mad. Stick with me. I'm carrying you somewhere. Read. Why have you come down here? Look what the, the brother said to David. What you doing down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? And then he want to bother David's occupation. Where you left them little stinking sheep at? You up here bothering being nosy with your little rascal self. I know you're nosy. What you doing up here? Why you ain't got down there with them little sheeps? Watch what happened. I know how conceited you are. Look what he says to David. The oldest brother is saying this to his little brother. You ain't nothing but nosy. You conceited. You little snotty nose. He's putting him down. And all David is thinking about is, why don't we fight that giant instead of fighting each other? Instead of us protesting and fighting the police, why don't we fight the devil? Why don't we join hands and bind the spirit of the devil? Because you got to understand something. You can't do nothing to me unless the Lord allow it. 
And then if the Lord allow it, watch this, it's the devil that's being motivating, that's motivating us to do wrong towards each other. So why don't we come together and fight the devil? We keep trying to fight color, but we won't fight the spirit of the living devil. Read. I know how conceited you are. Yes. And how wicked your heart is. Look at this. The oldest brother is scared to fight this 10-foot giant, but he's calling his little brother wicked. Somebody calling you wicked because you believe God. Somebody calling you wicked because you're standing on what God's words say. Somebody don't believe in you because you won't do what the world do. You're standing on what the word says. I ain't sticking with the world. I'm sticking with the word. Read, reader. You came down only to watch the battle. Look what the brother says to David. You so nosy. But yet, the scripture says, you all, Israel, was hiding and running because of that giant. You won't fight the giant, but you want to fight me. David say, what, Rita? Now what have I done, said David. Look what David said. What, what did I do to you, man? Can I even speak? Can I say anything? He then turned away to someone else. That's, see, that's how you face your giant. When you got somebody negative in your life, turn away from them. Don't stand there and keep talking to giants, talking to people who are negative. Turn away from people. I don't care if it's your mama. I don't care if it's your daddy or your best friend, your husband or your wife or your children. If they're negative, turn away from them. Quit hanging around people that God is trying to tell you where to go. God is giving you direction. And the people you're hanging with, God ain't spoke to them. He done spoke to you. You know God is moving in your life. You know God favor you. You know God love you. You know God with you. And the people you talking to and the people you dispersing words of wisdom to, they ain't got God nowhere. And yet, they want to tell you, you nosy with your broke self. You ain't got enough education. You ain't smart as I am. But the wisdom I have came from above. The wisdom I have is greater than Harvard University. The wisdom I have is greater than any college and university in the world. God can take the foolish things of the world and turn it into something beautiful. Be careful when you put people down because you got education. Education. Read, read. <laughs> he then turned away to someone else. Go back. What verse is that? Verse 29. Go to verse 28 again. When Eliab, David's oldest brother, when heard David, him speaking. Yes, when his the, oldest brother heard David talking. He burned with anger at him and asked. You mad with your brother who wants to know why do we have these giants bothering us? Why are y'all letting these giants affect your life? Won't you let somebody speak into your life and tell you, we can overcome these giants? Read. Why have you come down here? Read. And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? Check this out. We're going through a giant situation right now. You can't come to church. You can't come around the, pl the place and, and fellowship because of this virus, a virus you can't see. This virus is killing people. This is a big giant. Watch this. But we still preaching the word. Ha, 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 ha. Even though we can't come together right now, the word is still being preached. The word is still going out. The word is still going forth. Why? Because we're overcoming this virus that's called a giant. Read. I know how conceited you are. What? I know how conceited you are. And the brother said to David, I know you ain't nothing but a nosy little rascal. And then he called him a devil. Read. And how wicked your heart is. Yes. You came down only to watch the battle. You came down. To be nosy. Now what have I done, said is David? That, is that the reason why you protest yesterday? Is that the reason why people are protesting? 
It's not so much that you care about what happened to Floyd and you want to see change. Did you go and protest to be nosy? Did you go and so you can be around people so you can say, I was a part of that, I was around that? Come on, guys. God is trying to elevate us to a level of maturity, not so much being physical, but we need to be spiritual. Oh, read, Rita. Now, what have I done, said David. David said, what have I done to you? What have I said? What did I do wrong? All I asked was, what would I get if I defeat the giant? You won't fight him, but you want to get mad with me for fighting him. Come on. Just because I won't march don't mean I ain't marching against the devil. Read, reader. Can I even speak? Look what David say. You won't even let me talk because you're so mad with me. Read. He then turned away to someone else. And David stopped talking to his brother. David stopped listening to his oldest brother. David stopped listening to blood. David stopped listening to family because family was trying to trip him up and was trying to tell him, number one, you're too small. Number two, you're too young. Number three, you ain't strong enough. Number four, you've never been in a fight before. And how dare you come up here and ask questions? And David said, is there not a cause? Is there not a reason to fight? Don't you want to come together? Don't you want your life better? Don't you want your finances better? Don't you want your health better? Don't you want your relationship better? Don't you want to come back to church one day? Then we need to come together and fight. Read. He then turned away to someone else. David turned away from his brother and looked at someone else. And brought up the same matter. And David said, since my brother is giving me negative, I'm going to talk to somebody who can give me a, a response that I want to hear. And the men answered him as before. And the men said, if you can defeat that devil, my master, my king, going to give you his daughter and give you money, and you ain't got to worry about paying taxes. Read. What David said was overheard and reported to Saul. And somebody overheard this 17-year-old boy and went and told the king. Read. And Saul sent for him. They, uh-huh. David said to Saul. What David said? Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Look what David said. He said, let nobody be afraid of that giant. You need to listen to somebody. I'm trying to talk to you right now. Don't you be afraid of that giant. Don't you be afraid of this virus. Don't you be afraid of the police. Don't you be afraid of the devil. The Bible says there's somebody greater than the devil, and that's Jesus Christ himself. So we stand on the word. Read, read it. Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Don't, David said, oh boy, this is good. David said, don't let nobody heart fail because of this giant. Don't you let your heart Get weak because of this giant. Read. Your servant will go and fight him. Look what David said. Since you're scared to fight him, since y'all running from him, I'll go fight him. I'll go beat him. Read. Saul replied. What Saul say? You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. See what happened when somebody don't believe the word of God? They come up against it. Saul said the first words out of his mouth to David. You can't do it. When people are walking in negativity, the first thing they tell somebody who's positive, you can't do it. Okay, look at me. Somebody saying right now, probably watching this, you ain't protesting. You don't understand. What if it was your child? I do understand, but I need to get the word of God before I get this physical stuff in my spirit. I need to make sure I'm mature because God told me in the world I'm going to have trouble. 
in the world, it's going to be turmoil. The Bible say as Jesus get closer to his return, the world going to get worse. I've already been warned it's going to get worse. So why am I allowing the worst to make the worst me? Why am I letting the worst make the worst become me? God already told me with my mature self, Eric, it's going to get worse, but I need you to stand. Eric, it's going to get bad, but I need you to stand. Eric, it's going to be some pain on the earth, but I need you to stand. Who's going to stand for the gospel? Read, reader. Saul replied. What Saul said. You are not able to go out against the Philistines. Saul told this little boy, and Saul is six foot four himself, and Saul scared. And five foot nine David said, I can go defeat him. I can beat this giant. And Saul said, you can't. See what happened? This is your confirmation. Whenever God tell you to do something and somebody tell you you can't do it, that's your confirmation. You can do it. Read. You are only a young man. You ain't got enough education. You own, and they're trying to tell you about your status, but they don't know how big your heart is. They're trying to tell you how young you are, but they don't know how anointed you are. They're trying to tell you how black you are, how white you are, but they don't know the invisible God that's inside of you. They're trying to tell you that your education and your level of education and where you live at, that, but they don't know that the great going on in heaven live on the inside of you. Just because I live in the hood, I got God in me. Read. And he has been a warrior from his youth. And you know the resume of the devil better than you know the resume of God. That's why I'm standing today, because I'm trying to tell you, you can overcome your giants. How can you tell me that, Pastor? Because I done faced many giants in my life. I'm facing one now, but I still got the victory. Read. But David said to Saul. What David said. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Look at this. Check this out. Saul tells David. You can't defeat this giant because of how little you are. And first of all, that giant, he been fighting all his life, and you ain't fought nothing. You don't have a resume. And David said, excuse me, sir, but I do have a resume. And just because my resume don't say I beat armies, I have beat some spirits before. See, you keep fighting people, but I was fighting spirits. I don't fight people. I fight spirits. Read, reader. Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. Watch what he says. I kept my daddy's sheep. When a lion or a bear came. A lion and a bear, both of them came and snatched my daddy's sheep. You better catch this. David didn't fight because the sheep belonged to him. David fought because the sheep belonged to his father. We got to learn how to fight in the spirit because people belong to God. Oh, Read, reader. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from watch, the flock. Watch this. The lion or the bear, they both came and snatched up a sheep in their mouth and ran off with it. Read. I went after it. David said he left his sheep and went after them. Read. Struck it and rescued the sheep from his mouth. I grabbed the bear by his chin. I grabbed the lion by his hair. And I opened his mouth. Wait a minute. You got close enough to a bear and a lion, ferocious, who can kill you, all because you lost one sheep when you got all these other sheep? He said, no, it wasn't because I lost one sheep. It was my daddy's sheep. I was fighting because it belonged to my daddy. 
I refuse to let my daddy lose anything because my daddy trusted me with this him. And I refuse to let my daddy lose anything that my daddy gave me. Read. I went after it. Yes. Struck it and rescued it. And sheep. that's why I'm preaching the way I'm preaching because I'm going after God's sheep. Some of you sheep ain't got no business down there protesting. You mad now, but that's all right because you a lost sheep. I'm trying to bring you back home. You ain't had no business down there because, number one, you didn't pray before you go. And number two, you didn't pray and get them spirits off you when you came back home. And now I'm trying to get them spirits off you because you are God's sheep. You belong to the Father, and I refuse to lose anything that God trusted me with. Read, Rita. I went after it. Yes. Struck it and rescued the sheep from its mouth. I rescued the sheep from my father's mouth, from the, from the devil's mouth. I took the sheep out of the lion and the tiger's mouth and the bear's mouth. Read. When it turned on me. And watch this. And when I took the sheep out of their mouth, they rose up to fight me. They rose up to kill me. And what happened? When it turned on me. And when the lion and the bear turned on me. I seized it by its hair. I grabbed him by his hair. Struck it. Yes. And killed it. And then I killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. Now, you got to get this. You got to get this. We keep thinking, and it's the logical way of thinking. In order for David to kill a sheep, a lion, and a bear, he should have had a knife. But the scripture says what again, Rita? I struck it. I stroke it. I hit it. And what happened? And killed it. But we're going to find out later in scripture that he was given a knife. And David said, I don't know how to use that. I, I, I ain't been tested with that. I ain't been tested with your armor. So evidently, when he faced the lion and the bear, God gave him overwhelming spirit, overwhelming power to fight a lion and a bear. And you don't mind if I use my spiritual imagination. He beat him with his hands. He stroked them with his hands. He beat them, the lion with his hands. He beat the bear with his hands. Go back and read that verse again. I went after it. I went after the bear. Struck it. I struck it. And rescued the sheep from its mouth. But wait a minute. What if he struck it with his sheep stick? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What if the shepherd, David, the shepherd boy, who had a shepherd stick, a staff, what if he used that staff and bust him in the head? Because the staff is used to comfort and to bring back. When you read Psalms 23, the staff, the staff that the shepherd used is used to beat and to pull back in. What if that's all he had was a shepherd's staff to beat a lion and a bear? And we know a lion, he can go through little twigs. We know a bear can knock down some small trees. And David, the Bible say, struck them both. What if he used his staff and God anointed that staff? He anointed something small and made it great. What are you saying, Pastor? You don't need a lot. You don't need a lot. All you need is what God ordained. All you need is what God has purposed for you to win with. You don't need a lot of money. You don't need a bigger house. You don't need another pay, big paying job. All you need is to let God and trust God with that small and let God anoint that small to defy that giant. 
Read that thing again, Rita. I went after it. David said, I went after it. Struck it. I struck it. And rescued the sheep from its mouth. What you did? Rescued the sheep from its mouth. Look what happened. David gave Saul a resume because Saul gave the resume of the giant. Saul knew the giant resume, but he didn't know David's resume. Understand this. Some people don't know how powerful you are. And you may not even know how powerful you are. You don't have to go around and announce you anointed. You don't have to go around and announce you an evangelist. You don't have to go around and announce that you're a bishop. God will let people know there's something different about you. All you got to do is just operate in the spirit of God. Read. When it turned on me. And when the lion and the bear turned against David. I seized it by its hair. What you said? I seized it by its hair. Read. And struck it. Look what the Bible said. He went after his giant. Quit running from your giants. He went after his giant, grabbed it by the face, and struck it down. And I like to say it once again, without a knife. The shepherd boy, 17 years old, didn't have a knife. He struck it. That's all the Bible said. He struck it. And what if he struck it with a shepherd's stick? Read. Struck it and killed it. And he killed it. But watch this. The little stick didn't kill them. It was the anointing in the stick. When God get in something, it's, it's bigger. Watch this. When God get in something, it's bigger than your problem. It's bigger than your situation. The Bible said one time a man of God was laying in his, I think it was Elisha, laying in his bed sleep, and his servant went out there on the, on the balcony and saw that the city was surrounded by the devil. And he went and woke, woke his master up. He said, Master, we're surrounded. And the master said to his servant, he said, Go look again, because who with us? is greater than who's against us. So I don't care what giant is facing you and what you are facing, listen to me carefully. You have more with you than the giants that's coming after you. Read. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. He told Saul, he said, your servant, the 17-year-old boy, have killed both lion and the bear. Read. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. David gave a resume. You need to know your history. If you ever going to defeat a giant, you need to know what God has done for you in the past. If he did it back then, somebody said with me, he'll do it again. If God bless you in the past, he can't help but bless you in the future. Don't you operate in fear. That's why this pandemic ain't bothering me. Matter of fact, I got more members now. We had two or three hundred when we had people here, but now online we got two or three thousand. We got more people now in church. Why? Because God, the devil thought, just because people ain't coming to church, you're going to be defeated. But guess what, devil? I done rose to the occasion. <laughs> I done been here before, devil. When I first started the church 20 years ago, we ain't have nobody in the pew, and I still preached like the church was full. And guess what? Now I ain't preaching to the church. I'm preaching to the world. The devil messed up when he brought this virus because I done went to another level. You better face your giants. Read. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Look what he says. He told Saul, this little uncircumcised. What do you mean uncircumcised? He just big, but he ain't anointed. He, he just huge, but God ain't with him. He, he just a giant. I, I mean, he's tall. He got plenty of muscles. I mean, my God, the armor that he got on cost weigh 125 pounds. The shield weighs 75 pounds. The spear that he has on the tip of it, it weighs 15 pounds. I, he bigger than me, but he ain't more anointed than I am. 
Read. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. What he says? Because this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. He says, whatever I'm facing right now, it's going to be just like the past. The past I defeated, and the future I'm defeating it. Whatever's negative, it's going to be defeated today. Just like what, what I went through in the past was defeated. You need to go back and remember, you've been broke before, and look at you. You've been sick before, and look at you. You've been lonely before, and look at you. You done lost your job before, and look at you. They done talked about you behind your back before, and look at you. You've been homeless before, and look at you. So what are you saying, Pastor? All I'm saying is, go get your resume, dust it off, and look at where God has brought you before. If he did it before, he can do it again. So you need to tell your current giant right now, you little small, uncircumcised Philistine, what you doing trying to come up against the children of God? First of all, you need to understand something about your giant. It ain't coming up against you. James, the first chapter, told you that. Whatever you're going through, it ain't coming up against you. It's come, coming up against your faith. Read. Your servant has killed both the lion and, and the bear. Yes. This uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them. Read. Because he has defied the armies of the living God. Look what David says. He ain't coming up against me. He coming up against God. That's how you defeat your giants. When you realize it ain't trying to bother you, it's trying to bother the God in you. If I can get you to denounce God, then you won't give God the glory. But guess what? With your crying days, you're going to give God the glory. When your days where you can't sleep, you're going to give God the glory. When you got pain racking in your body, you're going to give God the glory. Why? Because God own everything. Woo! I'm going to preach myself happy up in here. Watch this. David said, just like the lion and the bear. This current problem going to be just like them. You better get this. Just like the lion and the bear, this current situation going to be just like them. Read. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion. What you say? The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion. I thought your staff did it. The Lord. I thought your knuckles did it. The Lord. I thought your knife did it. The Lord. I thought your gun did it. The Lord. The Lord rescued you. Woo! My throat hurt me, but I got a woo! Read, reader. The Lord who rescued me. Yes. From the paw of the lion. The Lord rescued me from the lion. And the paw of the bear. And from the bear. Will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. What you say? Will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. What you say again? Will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. Somebody ought to be shouting right there. God gonna rescue me. God gonna rescue me. I ain't hoping he do it. I know he gonna do it. God ain't a dead God. He's alive. God gonna rescue me. Somebody said he gonna rescue me. And I'm going to give him praise for it right now. Go ahead and tell him praise. Lord, I thank you. Thank you. Woo! Read. Saul said to David, huh, huh. go and huh. the Lord be with you. Oh, so he didn't mean that. Saul talking about, go ahead on and may the Lord be with you. You're just using spiritual talk, but you don't even have the backing of the anointing. Because if you can talk like that, then you would have went out there and fought yourself. Some people using God, but they don't know God. They know his name, but they don't know him. But those children of God that know God, those real bona fide believers, 
those that's really magnifying. So you got to be careful that you don't be a hypocrite because your church, whoever your church is, they don't have days where they went out witnessing. They went out witnessing. Witnessing is called protest. Witnessing is protest. That's all witnessing is, is protesting against the devil. So I'm going house to house to let somebody know we can overcome the devil if you just walk with me. So your church done had days where they went out witnessing, but you didn't go. You didn't protest for Jesus, but you want to protest for Floyd. And it's a tragedy what happened to that young man. But I'm not here to talk about that. I'm not here to dwell on that. It's a tragedy what happened to that young man. It could have been my son. That's a tragedy. But it's a tragedy that you didn't protest when it was time to go witnessing. You didn't come up here and go witnessing on a Saturday morning with us. 300 people and only three people show up to go witnessing. Where the protest now? Jesus trying to win people to him. Jesus trying to get people to go to heaven. But you want to protest about what's justice. But oh, but we're missing the injustice that we have towards Christ. We're missing the injustice that we're doing to Jesus Christ. What good is you protesting to get me out of jail and I go to hell? I got to say it again. You got me out of jail because I was wrong. I was wrongly accused. I was wrongly accused for a crime. I was beat up in prison and thrown in prison as a black man. I was hung on a tree as a black man. Yes, but, but, but when I die, you can't protest God. When it's time for me to face the master, when will you be, will you be able to stand in front of God and tell God, I know he was wrong, but don't you put him in hell. You, you can't protest for me no more. You can protest, keep me out of jail. You can protest for the wrong that was done to me, but you can't protest to get me out of hell. So why don't you go in your closet and talk to the master? Pray for your children. The world ain't getting better. The world ain't going to get better. The world going to get worse. They can knock on your door, my door at 3 o'clock in the morning and, 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 and shoot your house up. But, but the Bible told me something powerful. Don't fear the one that can destroy the body, but fear the one that can destroy both your body and your soul. You can put a statue on the earth and, and say, look at Pastor Ellis, but if I went to hell, that statue ain't going to keep me cool. And that statue is temporary. Yes, we're supposed to fight. Yes, we're supposed to. But fight in the spirit. Before you fight physically, go into warfare because you got to understand something. The Bible says put on the whole armor of God. You got the first fight in the spirit ram. Oh, man, I believe I'm kept this long. I believe my children been kept this long all because of prayer. They were wayward. They were smoking. They was out there doing things they hadn't been doing. But their mama was interceding. Their mama and daddy was covering them in prayer. And they still got some things. They got some shortcomings. But they still been covered in prayer. And one of my children called me the other day. And, and, and don't, don't, don't never talk, call me and say, Daddy, I want to thank you. Thank you for being my daddy. Thank you for covering us in this old crazy world. What you say? You know I'm praying for you? You don't, you don't hear me praying for you, but you, you know I'm praying for you. I know you're praying for me, Daddy. Oh, bless the Lord. You can do more damage to the devil if you learn how to talk to God. Read, read them. Saul said to David. What Saul say? Go and the Lord be with you. What did he say? Go and the Lord be with you. Read. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. Then Saul put on a, a bulletproof vest. 
He put a coat of armor on him. Uh huh. Bulletproof vest. And a bronze helmet on his head. And, and a bulletproof helmet. David fastened his sword over the tunic. David got his sword and attached it to his bulletproof vest. And tried walking around. And, and, and David realized this stuff weighed 20 pounds. Because he was not used to them. Wait a minute now. What he had on wore 20 pounds. This big old giant spear, the giant, Goliath, his spear, the end of his spear wore 15 pounds. His coat of armor wore 125 pounds. Your giant is huge. And David had on some protective gear. And watch what happened. He tried walking around because he was not used to them. Jay, David said, I, I ain't used to walking with no knife. I ain't used to walking with no bulletproof vest on. I ain't used to walking with no bulletproof helmet on. Read. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul. David said, I ain't never beat no lion and tiger and bear with this. I, I ain't never defeat the enemy with this stuff on. Read. I cannot go in these because I am not used to them. I'm not used to what the world is trying to tell me I should do. Oh, I ain't used to. I've had plenty of people call me. Pastor Ellis, come on down here and protest. I ain't used to doing it that way. What works for me is different than what works for you. I'm not knocking you, but what I'm saying about me, prayer works. Prayer works for me. Read. So he took them off. David took his bulletproof vest off, his helmet off, his, his sword. Keep in mind, he took the sword off. But wait a minute. He should be used to a sword, wouldn't he? He just killed a bear and a lion. But the Bible never say he killed them with a sword or a knife. He knocked them out. And then he killed them. Read. So he took them off. Yeah. Then he took his staff in his hand. Look what it says. Then he took his staff in his hand. Because that's what a shepherd carries. A shepherd carries a staff. A shepherd carries the staff. He, got, he took his armor off, grabbed his staff, what he used to, and what else he grabbed? Chose five smooth stones. And he chose five smooth stones. Let me give you five steps to defeat your giant. Five steps. I'm going to give you five steps. I got some more steps, but I want to give you the first five steps. He took five smooth stones, and I want to give you five steps to defeat your giant. Step number one, commitment. Step number one is commitment. Staying the course. What do you mean commitment, Pastor? You remember David, oldest brother, down him, put him down and said, you're nosy. You're no good, you're cocky, and you're evil. And every last one of those things that he said was wrong about David. And David was so committed that he ignored his brother, and the Bible says, and he committed himself to listen to somebody else. Now, y'all tell me again, what would I get if I defeat that giant? So number one to defeating your giant is commitment. Don't you let nobody talk you out of your commitment. Don't you let yourself talk yourself out of your commitment. Make up your mind. I'm going to defeat this giant. Number two, stone number two. You know, you, wait a minute. You got, you got five smooth, but stone number one is I'm committed. Come on and say it. I'm committed. Now, stone number two. Here's stone number two. Courage. His brother is scared. Saul is scared. Israel is scared. But this little 17-year-old boy said, wait a minute. I got courage. 
I'll fight that rascal. You have had to be strong enough to stand up against your enemy. I know somebody's saying, I can, hear, I can feel it in the spirit. That's why we went down to protest, because of, of courage. We got to stand up against our enemy. But you ain't stand up against the spirit yet. You didn't stand up against the devil yet. You stood up against man. You stood up against humans. But you didn't stand up against the spirit of the devil. Because you got to understand something. The Bible says he almost fooled the very elect. If we don't stand up against the unclean, uncircumcised spirit, then you always going to fight man. Man going to fight man because they don't have wisdom. Don't let man and the, and the spirit of the devil to get you out of pocket where you start fighting man before you fight the devil. Fight the devil. When my daughter was out there on drugs, and I couldn't, I couldn't convince her to get off. When my daughter was out there doing wrong prostitution, I couldn't get her to convince her to stop it. When my son was out there spending money, blowing money, going from club to club and woman to woman, I couldn't convince him to stop it. When my oldest daughter had a bad attitude, I couldn't convince her to stop it. But Father, in the name of Jesus, touch my daughter, her name. Touch my daughter, her name. Touch my son, his name. And then me and my wife would come together and pray together and cover our children. And guess what? Only the Holy Spirit can move and touch each one of them. And now each slowly, slowly, each one of them coming around. They call him more. They're confessing more. They're talking more. They're talking about God more. Why? Because the prayers of the righteous. Ah, somebody got it. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. Nothing wrong with having natural prosperity, but spiritual maturity is greater. What good is marching and I can't walk in the spirit? Let me say that again. What good is marching when I can't even walk in the spirit? Oh, come on, Rita. Okay, all right. Number two is courage. I need to have courage. Number three, the third, the third stone you got to have is communication. What's communication? Speak to your problem. Open your mouth and speak to your giant. Guess what David said? When da You're going to read it in a minute. David spoke to that giant because that giant spoke to him. That giant talked first. That giant said something to David first. He said, do I look like a dog to you? Let me tell you what I'm going to do to you, you little dog. Let me tell you what I'm going to do to you. This is what the giant said to David. I'm going to take your head off your body and I'm going to feed it to the birds. Your giant always talk loud, but he don't know how loud your God talking to you. And guess what David said? No, no, no. I'm going to take your head and I'm going to cut your head off. Now, David, first of all, how are you going to cut the giant head off when you just took your knife and gave it back. How are you going to cut the job? David started speaking those things that be not as though they were. You just said to the giant, you're going to cut his head off. And the giant told you he's going to cut your head off. And you can see his weapon. You can see, but he don't see the angel that's standing behind you with his weapon. And David said to that giant, communicate. Communicate to your giant. Tell your giant in the atmosphere, you will not have my daughter. You will not have my sons. You will not have my daughters. You will not have my health. You will not have my house. You will not have my finances. I plead the blood of Jesus against you, Satan. Learn how to use stone number three. Communicate to your giant. Let your giant know you will not win around here. Watch this. Now, stone number four. Stone number four. Consistency. Consistency. Stone number four. 
you must have consistency in your life to defeat your current giant. What are you saying? You cannot be wishy-washy. You cannot tell me you ain't going to come to the church because of the virus. You ain't going to come and fellowship at the church. You ain't going to come and walk around the church. You ain't going to bring your family up here to the church. Why? Because there's a virus. But you don't have a problem to go down there where that virus at downtown. You don't have a problem marching downtown, but you got a problem coming to the church to walk around the building. That's called hypocrite. Give God something to work with. My throat hurt me. Oh, my God. I sat, I sat up in the air condition too long the other night, and my throat killing me. It hurts to swallow. But guess what? Do it sound like I'm trying to, I can't talk? Do it sound like I'm letting pain stop me? I'm giving God something to work with. Don't let the, you got to have consistency. If you're going to start out righteous, end up righteous. You know what David said? David said, I killed the bear. I killed the lion. Now I'm going to kill you. That's called consistency. Stone number four, have consistency. Live with consistency. Don't be a child of God living inconsistent. All right, number five, number five, confidence. The fifth stone is confidence. What do you mean, Pastor? I got confidence in God. No matter what I'm going through, God going to bring me out. God with me. You can't have confidence in God and you shacking. You can't have confidence in God and you stealing. You can't have confidence in God. Quit thanking God for the coming some mess. Oh, I know what I'm talking about. I've been married 34 years. 34 years I've been married to my wife. I didn't think that was possible. Not for me. Play a player from the Himalaya. I had to have women on every corner, every house. I don't care who it was. That was back in the day when I was age 20, 21, 19, 18. Here I am, 59 and a half. Well, no, 59. Ain't no half. I'm 59. <laughs> That's how people want to go up to the next level. You know, I, I'd be almost 60. No, no, I'm 59. Watch this. I reached age 34 in marriage. How do you reach age 34 years of marriage, Pastor? Because I trust God. I got confidence that God. Have you ever had times you want to leave your wife? Plenty. Have you had times that you wanted to be, you were mad with your wife? Plenty. Have you had times where you saw all the women look better than your wife? Plenty. But how did you stay this long? Confidence in God first. I asked God, help me, save me, deliver me. I didn't ask God to change her. Oh, you missed it. You missed it. So you keep asking God to change somebody so you can feel better. Why don't you ask God to change you so you can do better? If you change you, I remember I used to throw my clothes when I first got married. I throw my clothes on the floor. I undressed right on the floor and walked right on by them, right in the middle of the bedroom floor. I ain't care. If this is my house. And, and I kept seeing my, every time I come back out the bathroom, my clothes missing. My wife done picked them up. That went on for years. My clothes missing. And then I realized she didn't never say anything. Her action proved it. God tired of lip service giving your action. And when she, start, she stopped picking my clothes up, wait a minute, because I stopped dropping them. I put my own clothes up. I started washing my own clothes. Why? Because my wife showed me with action, hey, I ain't got to fuss. I ain't going to argue. I'm going to show you love. Show love. Quit fussing and let God mold you, grow you, convince you that you are a champion. You are a champion. Let me give you those five stones again. Stone number one. 
is commitment. Stone number two, courage. Stone number three, communication. Stone number four, consistency. And stone five, consistency. I mean confidence. You want to have confidence. Read it again, reader. Then he took the staff in his hand. He took his staff. Now, he ain't have a sword, remember? And the Bible never said he beat the lion and the tiger uh, or the bear with a, with a knife. He's a shepherd boy with a, with a staff. That staff is that rod shall keep me and comfort me. The staff was not meant to comfort you. As a shepherd, the staff was meant to beat the sheep back into place and to grab them and pull them back. The staff, the Bible says, will comfort me. Read. Then he took his staff in his hand. Yeah. Chose five smooth stones. What was the stones he chose? He chose co commitment, courage, communication, consistency, confidence. He chose all five stones, not in that order, but read. Chose five smooth stones from the stream. Yes. Put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag. He went to a, the water, the stream. What's the stream? It's called the Holy Spirit. What's the rocks? The Holy Word. He grabbed five words of God and put it in his spirit. Oh, my God. Put it in his pouch. What's the pouch? The heart. Grab the word of God with the Holy Spirit and put it in your heart. Read, reader. And with his sling in his hand, he approached the Philistine. Wait a minute. He got a sling in his hand. And he's, wait a minute. He stirred it up right now as he get closer. Read. Meanwhile, uh -huh. the Philistine with his shield bearer in front of him. Wait a minute. And Goliath, his shield, weighs about 75 pounds. And he got somebody carrying his shield. He got a flunky carrying his shield. And David ain't got nobody but God. There's more with us than against us. You're bigger than this. Read. Kept coming closer to David. They kept getting. See, look at that. Look at your giant. Your giant getting closer and closer. Read. He looked David over. He, look at your giant sizing you up. Read. And saw that he was little more than a boy. You ain't nothing but a child. Glowing with health and handsome. Oh, you look so pretty, David. And he despised him. And he hated David. He said to David. What did he say? Am I a dog? Am you come to me like I'm a puppy? That you come with me with sticks. He called David's staff a stick. <laughs> and didn't know David's staff was anointed. <laughs> Read. And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And cursed him out. You want to serve God? You thank God for to spare your life? You thank God for to stop this foreclosure? You thank God for to hear you of this cancer? You done lost your mind. Read. Come here, he said. He told David, come here. Come and here. I'll give your flesh to the birds. And I'm going to kill you and put you out there for the birds to eat you. And the wild animals. Ooh, read. David said to the Philistine. What you say? David said to the Philistine. That's one of your stones. You better communicate. David did what? Said to the Philistine. David spoke to his giant. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin. You got all this power behind you. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Say it again. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Say it again. But I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty. Read. The God of the armies of Israel. Read. Whom you have defied. You didn't come up against me. You came up against the God that's in me. Let your giant know you done messed up. You done came to the wrong fight. You done came to the wrong house. You done bothered the wrong family. You don't know who God with. God with us. Read. This day, uh -huh. the Lord will deliver you into my hands. Look what, wait a minute. David is speaking to his giant. He told his giant, today, God going to bring you into my hands. 
And I'll strike you down and cut off your head. What, what, David, David, uh, we need to talk, bro. How are you going to cut off his head when you don't even have a knife? David said, no, I'm going to use your system against you. Oh, I'm going somewhere now. I'm going to use your system against you. I'm going to take your knife. I'm going to take your knife and cut off your head. I'm going to use your system on you. What are you saying, Pastor? Instead of going down there and busting windows up and burning buildings up and busting in and stealing stuff out of buildings, instead of beating up police officers and, and, cut, and shooting at one another, why don't you go to school? Why don't you get your degree in law? Why don't you go get a, become a police officer? Why don't you move up the ranks and become a police chief? Why don't you go and try to go and do something within the system? Take the system and use it against them. Quit getting a felony record at age 18 and you can't do nothing. Quit going to jail and selling drugs at age 20. Why don't you go and get a certification? Since you don't want to go to school for a degree, get a certification and make $80,000. Learn the system. Why go in there and try to fight the system? Learn the system and get in there and become what the system is, but you're still holy. Become a senator. Become a president. Become a lawyer. Become a police officer. Become a judge. Why don't you go in there and do something instead of fighting? David said what, Rita? This day the Lord will deliver you into my hands. David said, today. God going to bring you into my hands. And what else? And I'll strike you down. And David said to that giant, I'm going to strike you down. And cut off your head. But I ain't got no knife. But I'm still going to cut your head off. Read. This very day. Yes. I will give the carcasses of the Philistine army to the birds and the wild animals. And David said the same thing that the giant said to him. David said, so you're going to give my body to the wild animals to eat? No, no, no. I'm going to cut your head off, and I'm going to give your body to the wild animals to eat. Read. And the whole world will know. And not, wait a minute. And I ain't doing it so I can get the glory. I'm doing it so God can get the glory. So what are we doing differently that the whole world can see the church and say, hey, the church is making a difference? The church gathered together. I was on a prayer call last night with a bunch of pastors from around the world. We was on a call at 9 o'clock last night, and, and, the, and the moderator, he said, I want this group to pray for, for Donald Trump. I want this group to pray for the police officers. I want this group to pray for the families. I want this group to pray for black families. I want this group to pray, pray for the finances. And, and he said, and I want all of us to pray together. Whoo! We were all on that call and my assignment was to pray about this. And the other person's assignment was to pray about this. And we all was on a call talking to God about our assignment, about our assignment. And we got together and we prayed. We protested against the devil in our assignment. And nobody knew what we did. We didn't tear up no buildings. We didn't burn nothing down. All we did was we came up against the kingdom of the devil. We came up against the invisible world. Because I got upset as a man. I'm a black man. I got upset with what I saw. I even went out walking the streets. I was so upset. I wanted to hurt a, a Caucasian because I was upset. 
But then I was so mature. I got, I got God word in me and it rose up on the inside and it told me, pray, pray to God, get your strength back, renew your mind. Jesus says something. Paul says something to the Galatian church. He said, oh, foolish Galatians, who have bewitched you that you would change your mind? Who have bewitched you that you would want to fight so much in the flesh that you stop fighting in the spirit? We've got to stay spiritual. We've got to fight in a, a spiritual warfare, according to Ephesians. We've got to fight in the spirit. We've got to tear down strongholds. We've got to come up against wicked imagination. Oh, read. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And the whole world going to know when I kill this devil, when I kill this giant, that God did it. Read. All those gathered here will know uh -huh. that, is, that is not by sword. It's not by what? Sword. It's not by what? Sword. Read. Or spear that Read. the Lord saves. Look what, look what it says. David told this devil, this giant, I'm going to cut your head off, but I ain't going to use a sword. Wait a minute, David. How are you going to cut his head off? David said, first of all, Eric, you're looking at it physically. You're looking at it physically, and you're missing the spiritual part. I have to cut his head off spiritually before I can cut his head off physically. I told him I'm going to destroy him. I told him I'm going to take his head off. I told him spiritually what I'm going to do physically because God is backing me. Read. All those gathered here uh -huh. will know that it is not by sword yeah. or spear that the Lord saves. Read. For the battle is the Lord's. Say it again. For the battle is the Lord's, and My. he will give all of you into our hands. And God going to give all y'all into our hands. Read. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him. And the giant heard what you said, but he kept coming. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Say it again. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. One more time. David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. And David ran to the giant. Don't run from the giant. Run to him. Face your giants. Head on. Don't be scared. Face it. And what happened next? Reaching into his bag. While he's running towards the giant, he reached in his bag. And what happened? And taking out a stone. And took out. Now, now I know the last, the last stone I gave you was called confidence in God. But that was the first stone he pulled out. He pulled out the first stone while he running and wound up. What happened? He slung it. And slung the stone. And struck the Philistine on the forehead. Hit him in the middle of his head. But watch what happened next. The stone sank into his forehead. Now you got to understand something. The head is the foundation. He didn't die instantly from the stone. He died from the head being cut off. He died based on what David said he was going to do to him. The stone just knocked him out. But he didn't die instantly. Read. The stone sank into his forehead. Went into his forehead. And he fell face down on the ground. And what happened? So David triumphed over the Philistines. And what happened? With a sling and a stone. With a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand. What you say? Without a sword in his hand. Say it again. Without a sword in his hand. Read. He struck down the Philistine and killed him. Read. David ran and stood over him. And what happened? He took hold of the Philistine's sword. And what happened? And drew it from the sheath. Uh-huh. After he killed him, uh -huh. he cut off his head with the sword. David got 
the knife out of the devil's pocket. He went into the system. He went, somebody getting this. He went into the system and got the system and cut off his head and killed him. He used the devil's system. Somebody better get this. He used the system against the devil. Since the devil lived by the system, I'm going to go to school and learn the system so I can use the system against you and fight. And he cut off the devil's head because God was with him. Now, I want to give you three. I got, I got more, but I'm going to give you three. I want to give you three powerful promises to help you with your giants. I'm going to give you three powerful scriptures to help you with your giants, all right? I'm going to give you three powerful, powerful scriptures to help you with your giants. Scripture number one is Romans 8, 28. Write these down, Romans 8, 28, because I done made a lot of people mad right now, a lot of people upset, a lot of people worried, a lot of people nervous. Some people done cut me off. Why? Because I done told them how to fight in the spirit, and they still want to bear arms. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, another scripture, another powerful scripture. 1 Corinthians 10, 13, we're going to turn it, each one of them quickly. And James 1, verse 2 and 3. James 1, verse 2 and 3. These are three powerful scriptures to help you face your giants, okay? Three powerful scriptures to help you face your giants. Number one, Romans 8, 28 says what? And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Say it again. And we know that in all things. Say it again. And we know that in all things. All things. God works. God is working in the negative. For the good. For the good. Of those who love him. Ah. Who, who have been called according to his purpose. You have to be in God. And he will bring understanding and purpose to what's negative. The Bible said if the devil had known by killing Jesus that Eric would get saved. The scripture said he'd have never killed him. Some things are happening in this earth and on this planet. If they only knew how blessed we're going to be after it's all over. <laughs> this pandemic, it ain't going to do nothing but drive out the ain'ts and bring in some saints. <laughs> A lot of people are going to stay online for the rest of their life. They ain't going to come back together in fellowship, but they'll, they'll go to Sam's. They go to Walmart, they go to Costco, they go to flea market, they go to the farmer's market. I got to get out the house. They go to the beach. But when it's time to come to church, I, I ain't going up there and get sick. That's called hypocrite. You don't have a problem going to the store with your mask or no mask. But you got a problem coming to the church house. I'm not opening the church doors right now. As long as this pandemic is going on, I'm not opening the church doors. But when this pandemic ends, some of us ain't coming back because we done got comfortable with living at home, enjoying church on your level. Man, you ought to have a desire. I can't wait to get back around the saints. I miss the saints. I can't wait to have fellowship with the saints. What else to say, Rita? And we know yes. that in all things, yes. God works for the good of those who love him, uh -huh. who have been called according to his purpose. All right. That's powerful scripture number one. Here's powerful scripture number two, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. Number one says, I know that God is working this thing for my good. You got it? Whatever I'm going through, whatever this giant trying to bring in my life, 
I know God is working this for my good. I'm an overcomer. I'm, an, I'm already overcome. This thing, greater is he that's on the inside than he that's on the outside. Read. No temptation. What you say? No temptation uh-huh. has overtaken you. Say it. No temptation has overtaken you right. except what is coming to mankind. What you're going through is natural. What you're going through is natural. What we're going through, the Bible said, it shouldn't overtake you. This giant should not overtake you. Don't be tempted to be part of the world and you're not fully sold out for Jesus. And don't you move until God tell you to move. Don't you be part of anything that clashes with the spirit of God. I'm struggling. I'm I'm with you. I know how you feel because you're mad with me. I'm struggling too. I want to go down there and fight. I want to go down there and march. But God told me to stay in my closet. God told me to pray. God told me to fight in the spirit. Because if, if we don't fight in the spirit, then we'll be blind to the spirit of the devil. And it's the devil that brings wars. It's the devil that brings uh, confusion. It's the devil that brings discord. So I need to know how to fight discord, how to fight this anger, how to fight the spirit that's causing me to want to be angry and mad and fight back. Let's do what Jesus did in Matthew, the fourth chapter. Everything the devil tried to bring to him, Jesus used scripture. Jump off this building and commit suicide. It's written. Turn the stone into bread because you're hungry. It's written. Fall down and worship me and I'll give you everything you want. It's written. Jesus used scripture against every situation. Read. No temptation has overtaken you except what is coming to mankind. All right, James, the first chapter, verse 2 and 3. So we just learned in Romans, the first chapter, Romans, the eighth chapter, verse 28. That's a powerful scripture that can help you overcome your giant. Whatever I'm going through, God with me. Number two, whatever this problem is, guess what? This temptation is common. We're going to have more riots. We're going to have more discord. We're going to have more viruses. But why we keep talking about this stuff? Why is every time you pray, it's always about the virus, the virus, the virus, the virus, the virus, the virus? My God, when are you going to mention Jesus? Everything should be about the virus. Don't you have another prayer life? Because if, you, if you're saying that, that God has already overcome the virus, then we, we shouldn't be talking about it every day. Because God already overcame it, right? We're talking about something else. We're praying about something else, right? We're already walking in victory, so why are we walking in something that's already God done took care of? Right? Okay, I thought I'd throw that out. I'm radical. I'm just sorry. I'm just radical. I can't help it. That's how he made me. All right. Number three, James, the first chapter, verse two and three says what? Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters. Get happy. Get joy. Whenever you face trials of many kinds. When you face what? Trials of many kinds. When you face all kinds of giants. When you face a lot of giants, the Bible says, joy. Read. Because you know. What you know. That the testing of your faith. The trials that you see on earth is bothering your faith. Read. Produces perseverance. Read. That's it. So the Bible says, the trials we're facing is coming up against my faith. And where does faith come from? It comes from the word. I think that's Romans, the 10th chapter, verse 16, the Bible study. Romans 10, 16. Let's find out what this faith is, where it comes from. How is, how is it birthed? Romans 10, 16, I think. 
what Romans 10, 16 says. But not all the Israelites accepted the good news. Uh -huh. For Isaiah says, what? Lord, who has believed our message, yeah. consequently, uh -huh. faith comes from hearing the message. That's it. Faith is birthed through the word. Right? That's what the scripture says. Faith is birthed through the word. So the more I hear the word, the more rights I'm going to have. The more poverty I'm going to have. The more I hear the word, the more destructions I'm going to have. The more I hear the word and get stronger, the more problems I'm going to have with blacks and whites, with youth, the bloods, the crips, the presidents. The more problems I'm going to have, the more the word I get. Why? Because the word is producing, birthing faith. And James, the first chapter, verse 2, says what again? Consider it pure joy. Get happy. My get joy. My brothers and sisters. My Christian believer. Whenever you face trials. Whenever you face. Trials. The world. Of many kinds. And all kinds of level. Because you know. Why I, am I having trials? That the testing of your faith. The trials are bothering the word. The trials that we're seeing on TV constantly, constantly, and you got to know something about the devil. If he knows something working, he's going to keep doing it. He's going to keep shooting. He's going to keep bringing up black and white. He's going to keep issues until we recognize how to fight him. We're going to always fight color. And Jesus says something powerful. I said it on Wednesday night, and I'm going to end with this. <clears throat> Jesus faced some injustice. Some rioters brought Jesus some injustice in Luke 13. Hey, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, what's up? Pilate just murdered those innocent children of Israel with a sport. He brought them into the sport arena and killed them with a sword, and they dead, and they was innocent. Why would he kill those innocent Israelites? They didn't do nothing wrong. They were Israelites. They were unarmed. And why? What you think about that, Jesus? They were unarmed, and Pilate killed them. What do you say about that, Jesus? Because that, that's injustice. And Jesus said something back. He said, do you think that they were the worst sinners because they died a tragic death? So what, what I got out of that was, even in Jesus' days, there were tragedies. And Jesus didn't handle every tragedy that happened in Israel. And Jesus said to those writers, he said, do you think that they were the worst sinners because they died tragically? tragically? He said, I tell you, no. He said, but this is what I tell you. I'm going to talk to you because you're still alive. Unless you repent, you likewise are going to go to hell. What you saying, pastor? I'm just saying what Jesus said. He told those people that was rioting, that came up to him, that came up to protest to him about injustice. Jesus said, do you think that that was the worst thing because they died terribly? Jesus said, no. The worst thing is I know where they went. You just saw the death. I saw the eternal death. Until you repent and come to me, you're going to die tragically. Everybody, 
everybody going to die, but we don't know how we're going to die. Some of us going to die from the virus, and we're good Christians. Some of us going to die from a bullet, and we're good Christians. Some of us going to die from a car wreck, and we're good Christians. But the question is, where did I spend eternity? Where will I go once I leave this earth? Somebody took my life. Where would I end up at? And Jesus said, yes, they died tragic. But Jesus said, if you don't give your life to him, you also going to perish. What is also? What Jesus was saying was, those people that died, they were innocent on earth, but guilty in heaven. Earth did your own, but hell is where you sent yourself. What good is living on this earth without Jesus? So I pray for you today. I pray that you would ask Christ to come in your life. I know this message was a little hard, especially during these times right now. These times is, you know, I, I seem insensitive, but I'm not insensitive. Somebody got to stand for righteousness. Somebody got to tell the truth about God. Yes, what we're seeing on the earth is wrong, but the Bible told us it was going to happen. The Bible told us it's going to get worse. The Bible told us you ain't going to know summer from winter. The Bible told us man against man, women against women. The Bible told us homosexuals are going to get stronger and worse. Homos and lesbians are going to get, get worse in the earth. The Bible told us. So why are we acting like this is strange? I know I'm going to get hate mail. I may even get people picking at me, but at least they're going to know I pick it, they pick it at me because I told the truth. I backed it up with the word. What good is living a long time and I end up going to hell forever? Living a long time wrong. I pray that you hurt me today. I pray that you listen. And if you're mad, that's good. It'll help you get stronger. It'll help you analyze yourself and see how wrong, because we got to measure ourselves to the Bible. I just gave us five strong points how to overcome your giants. I gave you three powerful points of how to deal with your giants. Greater is he that's on the inside and he that's on the outside. And I'm going to keep putting this before you. Don't, don't, don't fear man, police, black-on-black -black crime, white-on-white -white crime, African-Americans against whites, whites against blacks, uh, 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 Japan, uh, Korea, president. Don't fear the one that can destroy the body. That's all they can do. But let's get past and go beyond and fear the one that can destroy my body and my soul. So I pray that something was said today. I pray that you be encouraged. I pray that at the bottom of the screen that you'll be a blessing and sowing a seed. Now here it is. I'm, you know, I spoke this old powerful message and made some people mad and made some people scared. And now I'm asking you to sow a seed into the kingdom of God. Yes, I am. I believe God. I have seen God move in the things in my life. I done seen things where I was weak at, and I said, God, I don't know if I can ever come out of this, and I'm out. I done seen my daughter who was on drugs laying on the floor, overdosing. I said, God, she ain't going to make it, and now she's preaching in the rehab. She's making it. I see God blessing my children who can't find a job. Now they got a job. I see my son whose business is flourishing in the midst of a pandemic. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. Keep praying. Let's go after God. Fight your flesh. 
Every now and then I get a little racist. I'm going to be honest. I, every now and then I get racist, especially what I'm seeing. But I have to fight this. I have to fight this racist. I have to fight this spirit. God didn't create me to be a, a, a terrorist. He created me to have a love and power and a sound mind. God bless you. Have you enjoyed the rest of your day. We'll see you soon.